Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, the Memorial Tournament Bets, Picks, Preview, One and Done selections for the week. I want to remind everyone to play in the best tournament on DraftKings. That would be the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open. Link is in the description of the video and podcast. Also a reminder to smash that like button and leave in the comment section your pick to win at Jack's Course at Mirfield Village for this year. Don't pick in previous years because you already know the results of that one. I want to know who you got for this year. Also rate, review, and subscribe to both the podcast and to Mayo Media Network on YouTube. And if you're looking for some like quick action, we have French open bets up on Mayo Media Network every single day of the week. Plus, if you just want the podcast feed to get it directly onto your phone, it's just loaded up there. They're like five minute, five minute podcast, five minute videos with like two or three plays every single day of the French Open. Daily Fantasy Sports picks in bets. The mix dumped the links in the description to the video and podcast. You can also find the European Tour Picks and Bet Show on that same feed with Sky and Thom. They've been rolling hot fire. It's either first or second every single week. Probably because we bet Guido every single week and he comes in second every single week. But that show will come out on Tuesday for this week because the German Porsche European Open is only a three-day event and it got pushed to Friday. So uh, you can check out the research show that is up right now on Mayo Media Network. Plus myself, Tim Andekus, and Jeff Feinberg broke down the Brooks Bryson stuff from last week. That is all available for you right now. And Jeff Feinberg is on the line. What's up? Coming off a win. Yo. What's going on, Pat? Yeah, great stuff. Um, lots of people, it seemed like. Axis was on it. Our boy, Cam Stewart, hit a monster, Pat. And listen, I'm fortunate. I've, I've figured out this key here. Um, <clears throat> pro tip, if someone allows you to host a show like FTN Daily does, presented by Prize Picks Wednesdays at 10 p.m., Fridays at 2, have people on who are smarter than you are um, joined by Stephen Hennessy from golf digest. A friend of ours said, Stephen, talk me into a bet 50 to one or above. He made the case for Coke rack. And then I went back to my case for Coke rack that we've made many times, Pat in that Jason Coke racks as good as Corey Connors, but he doesn't get the respect from the line that Corey Connors is getting. So for that narrative, uh, points to us because we've done that a couple times as Corey Connors made a hole in one at an important golf tournament. Yeah, I just bet them both last week. So that really worked out for me. So I saw a ton of people out there. I wanted to give some special shout outs because it's been a while. This obviously doesn't dig me out of the hole for the year, although the Euro stuff is most definitely helping. So shout out to Sky and Tom for making sure it's not the worst single year that I've ever had. So maybe we can go on a little bit of a run here. But here, here's who we got so far. All right, you ready for this, Jeff? Yeah, I'm listening. Okay. 
So you're ready. That's good news. I was just seeing if you were paying attention or not. Shane is riding some baby swag. So congratulations on to Shane and his wife for their brand new baby. Also, back-to-back weeks uh, of great performances on DraftKings. 315 into $1,625 on a single entry. Venom turned 148 into 581. He was killed by Maverick McNeely on the back nine, as I was too, as I was in the running for the giant $5. And I know he he actually got your top 20. It just got split like 18,000 ways. You want to laugh? I also had Sergio T10s and T20s on my odds checker prop sheet that, I mean, it's it's a comedy. It's a comedy. Well, Sergio helped you get the top Tragedy. 20. I, he helped Tragedy. out like Vince Whaley. He helped out Matt McNeely. McNeely, four bogeys in a row. Uh, after like being two, like three shots off the lead after Coke Rack and Speed started to struggle, and then it was just all down the tubes. Bones Golf won 3,500 bucks. L3 turned $215 into $5,350. Robert Record won 72000 $321, including a shot at even bigger money because he got into the Fantasy Golf World Championship on DraftKings, and he won a ticket to the $4,444 Millionaire Maker at the U.S. Open. So a lot of upside there. That, I mean, if there's any Millionaire Maker to win, it's that one because there's just like so few people in them compared to the giant one. So good luck to Robert going on that one. Malk V. turned four twenty-five dollars into $58,000. Sam Danes won Two hundred and eleven and two hundred dollars. He won the fifteen dollar. He won the PME Open. He won the one hundred dollar uh, single entry. So that is a fucking hell of a week, Sam. Two hundred and eleven thousand dollars. Congratulations. Wow. The guy that came in second to him, Nikhil. Also, shout out to you. He won ninety one thousand dollars. Gardner Reese turned four eighty five into twenty three thousand three hundred and fifteen. He was first in the two hundred dollar, and he won the eleven dollar. Entry into the 4444 Millionaire Maker for the U.S. Open. Blaze uh, played one lineup. He won the $5 single entry and won $3,100. Uh, Matt Burchin turned five into 2800 bucks. One lineup, nothing more than a $3 entry. He won the $3 and he won the mini max for the 50 cent and the 25 cent. Josh, who maxes out any plays at 50 cents, won $1,000. And Nick Sarlo, just a casual $7,272. Plus, I got a special one that I didn't even know about. Dr. McGoodbody uh, shot me. He's like, yeah, I totally forgot to send you this, but I won $215,000 at the Master. So a fucking incredible week for both viewers of this show and members of FantasyNational.com. If you want a discount at FantasyNational.com, especially with giant prize pools coming up for the U.S. Open in two weeks. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. All the tools, all the customizable stats, lineup generator, simulator, ownership projections. It's all up there. Now's the time to become a member. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Let's discuss Colonial because I started to look back at some of my wins uh, because, I mean, it's pretty easy to track. There are so few of them. But I should only bet Par 70 courses, I think. You tell me. I don't I don't I don't know. Like I've had a lot of success at Heritage, Ooh. at Colonial, PGA National, Sony Open, the Wyndham, the RSM. Like all the courses where like the short hitters are also in play. I tend to do well with those ones and just horrible everywhere else. Um yeah, I don't know. I love to just bet the tournaments that that I can win at. I, I don't know. That's awesome. I don't know what to say. 
Okay, I was looking for a little bit more on that, but okay. Let's, no, let's talk, I, I get. Let's talk about the colonial if I could, day. If you could do that, if you could do that, if you had the willpower to do that, then I, I would give you more credit than than hitting the winning bets. <laughs> it's just it's just weird that it correlates that way. Just I do better at those courses than I do at like giant like long courses. I mean, you, I feel like you do really well at long courses. I do well at short courses. Maybe it's our styles and the kind of guys that we like to go after. But I want to give credit to Jason Kokrak and his magical putter, but Spieth. Should have won and absolutely gagged it away. He let Jordan. He it's like he let Jason Kokrak win. <laughs> I don't. I mean, at times I feel like Jason Kokrak was letting Spieth win. Early on Saturday, Kokrak had a couple debacles. Kokrak brought my bunker game to Sunday at a <laughs> tournament. I don't know. Spieth was all over. Like Spieth wasn't even in the fairway on Friday. Spieth's hitting it off trees that are ending up in the fairway twice on Sunday. Oh, it's funny because Spieth's putter was unconscious, but Kokrak, I mean, Kokrak putted great. And then you see the the, the season long stats on Kokrak's putter. It's it's remarkable. Spieth putted really well on Sunday, but he didn't make any of those Spieth shots that I was scared shitless of the entire day was the like the entire thing. No matter how much Kokrak got up by and there was going to be a point where he's going to be up four. And I was like, all right, because I was looking at the hedge opportunity on Spieth because I was just terrified that he was going to do something like Kokrak would gag one shot and all of a sudden like Spieth chips in for Eagle or something like that. Just because that's I, I always feel like that's on the table with Spieth. Yeah, of course. And it just it never materialized. Uh, and I looked at the he- the cash out or the hedge. It was like 12 to one at one point. I was like, I should really bet on this. And then I didn't do it. And then like 30 seconds later, it was back down to four to one because Kokrak's putter went a little bit cold. The chipping got I mean, the bunker play was just atrocious. But the way that I looked at it was like, no matter, I mean, Spieth got the good breaks, like when he would hit it into the trees and it would bounce out into the middle of the fairway. That happened multiple times, like you said. But there was no chip in from like 30 yards off the green when he was just buried in a dead lie. He actually made bogey on those holes. There yeah, was no oh, 45. That's going to happen. There was yeah, no. He didn't make those. He didn't make those crazy par Like, yeah, he didn't have that like 30 foot save or even on two. Like, you're like, oh, he's going to hit this 18-footer. Because Kokrak makes that embarrassing bogey on one, um, on the par five, where he's greenside and two, despite the awkward lie. You're like, oh, this is going to be a long day. Like, you're going to do that versus this guy? Like, trouble. Um, and that, I don't know. Spieth, you could tell early on, though, his approaches were off. Like, his irons were off. Like, he was off. I knew people that, that bet... Kokrak um just Sunday like on the third hole like Spieth seemed really out of sorts in many ways so maybe Kokrak should have been up a lot more in in many ways but I don't know Kokrak was hitting a lot more putts so I was never other than the, the bunker play I was never like Kokrak should be more ahead there was just a few opportunities for him to really really put his throat down on Spieth and I felt like he need, even on 18 when Spieth went into the water and Kokrak had hit it to the very front of the green, I just I was running through like different scenarios in my mind. I was like, Spieth is going to somehow chip this in after his drop for par, and Kokrak's going to three putt, and it's going to be tied all over again. And it's like, yeah. I, I, I I talked myself into every worst case scenario because Spieth has got me so many times. It was yeah, crazy to come out on the other end of it. You are one hundred percent right. When you are betting against Spieth, you're like waiting for that shoe to drop. Like I every tournament where it's like, oh, this guy. And it's like, oh, you called a great card. A lot of Hoffman tickets out there too. What he finished second? Third. 
third. Oh yeah, sorry, third. And Munoz, um, you know, Josh Perry was touting that some people may have had him pre-tournament, but there was like a Friday morning, like nineties, a hundred to ones out there on him. Um, that I know people like got the placings on as well. So there was a lot of like live live tickets and yeah you bet against speed you're always waiting for that like magic you're always you're you're always counting on it the way he was putting that week like balls were just you know he's so pure even last year pat when like his game was at a low he'd always go to colonial and like play well um and you're like i don't want to overrate it it's speed in texas um well he's won in texas and he's come second in texas and maybe last year we would have been like, yeah, it's just Spieth in Texas. But no, the guy literally contends everywhere now. Yeah, uh, unlike so, pa- uh, unlike Pat and Kazire, who only contends in Texas. <laughs> uh, yeah, he can. He's a that shot that he hit on Saturday was um, quite amazing uh, from the from the rough that he got to run up that almost went in the hole. I think it was on seventeen. That was like the shot of the week um, in the tournament. But yeah, I don't know. Great to see Jason Kokrak second win now, Pat. That's a say, you know, he won that strong field at, at the CJ Cup. And and again, I don't want to turn it in a lot like picking on Corey Connors. You sort of had the idea, okay, I'll just bet both of them. But I don't know, we said many times, like, what does he do like so much different than Connors? Uh, right now, that Kokrak is putting better. I mean, Connors went through a stretch, like his like five tournament stretch where he was inside the top 10 at these big events. He was putting for those events. He's just turned back into Corey Connors again. No, but I mean, a player of that tier who's playing well, like I feel like we often use even Siwoo, who had, we're back old Siwoo now. Siwoo had a run of like, he won the Amex and he was playing really consistent, like ninth at the players. I feel like there was another fourth place in there. For Siwoo, making cuts, it was like, it wasn't this, like, um, first or last thing. It was like a guy you could almost want to roster, but it feels like we've gone back to the old, our old Siwoo. Yeah, where it's now dead last WD or first place. So maybe he wins Memorial. Yeah. Who knows? And one, and uh, sorry to interrupt. I'm just fired up. A lot of fun golf. One of these days, do you think Bern Wiesberger will get unconscious in America? Because we always bet him at like 150, 200 to one. Like we've seen this guy get unconscious. Maybe he could just get unconscious. And he I, always, he does it like multiple times a year, but like in Europe, he just gets unconscious. We only ever really see it in like little brief snippets because we do see him go on these like electric runs at American events, but they only last like a round. He did it at the Masters this year. I think he was like six under in the second round at Augusta this year. He did it at the 3M last year. He had a run at the RSM because I remember because I've had money on him like I think each of those times, not this Masters, but at RSM and at 3M. Like you just see it. Like when he can putt, like the ball striking can be so good. It's a weird like. This is the way that I was kind of thinking about it because I've been betting Doug Gim a lot. And someone actually brought this up to me on Twitter, but when I was making my notes, I actually had the exact same note written down. Is Doug Gim just what Corey Connors was like a year and a half ago? Yeah, sure. Like I could see what you're saying. I was almost going to say like Corey Connors starting to feel like this generation's Charlie Hoffman without wins. Like, just an amazing Thursday, Friday golfer. I mean, he does have a win, and it's in Texas, too. So the Charlie Hoffman crossover really works. Charlie's a better putter. At least at times, he can really get it going. And, like, let's... Charlie. Sorry. Go ahead with Charlie. 
Slow start at the U.S. at the uh, at the PGA, and he rebounded from that to get a late weekend tee time. Slow start this week, man. This guy's got to like just not Maple Leafs the first period. He might do something. So he's the new Hatton. Just bet against him in the first round, then bet on him in the second round, and whatever head to head or two ball that he got. Yeah, I think he kind of like saved his first round a bit like he didn't bottom out like Hatton's been bottoming out in the first round to then go like unconscious. But um, yeah, I don't know. Form player continuing that great form. Uh, it's, it's great to see Charlie playing well, one of the good guys. And I'm sure one of the many that, um, you know, get in, you know, feel like the grind, just keep grinding after seeing Mickle Mickelson. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, like Charlie's in the field this week. I don't know how he's going to end up doing it Memorial because he's kind of priced up with guys that I just think that have higher upsides than he does. But, you know, Dirt McGirt has won this event, so I wouldn't really... The ball striking has just been so good. Like, when you run any sort of stats on Charlie right now, he's up near the top and everything, as he should be, because he's been fucking killing it. He's kind of taken over that role previously. Like, Chris Kirk had it for a while. He was sort of the... Better inter- than Kirk, though, I feel. Yeah, like, he's... he's well, I mean, for a while. he. I, I think that he is a better player than Kirk overall, just the body of work that he's put together. But so far this season, like, Kirk was the Intercontinental Champion for the while. Cameron Tringali was the Intercontinental Champion champion for a, for a while now it's charlie hoffman yes i would just say it feels like hoffman's like ceiling play in this last bit like he's finishing better than kirk did like hoffman i feel like is cashing t5s and 10s kirk was like stapling like t20 oh yeah they're both pretty good yeah i'm not going to debate it because kirk was making me a lot of money yeah and hoffman I- was on the props card again uh last week any any which way you you propped hoffman matchups uh placing anything great and maybe keegan bradley is actually the king of this right now like he's just playing in harder events but he's still showing up all the time like when was the last time he finished outside the top 30 was that the genesis he hasn't missed a cut since the american express earlier this year which is kind of crazy he's gained an approach in every single one he's actually not even putting all that poorly right now he's gained around the greens in like eight straight it's kind of nuts to see keegan doing this yeah I don't know. He's uh tough golf course is his, his, uh, tee to green. And then he just, he'll down. I had that big win in the playoffs a couple of years ago and he has his moments. Um, but I saw Justin, Re- I don't know. He, he, the thing is the courses he plays well at or does, does well. Like I saw this course, uh, strokes gained like approach the winners at this event. It's always like six and a half strokes gained approach. It's like one of the highest strokes gained approach, um, winning events on tour, if, if what I just said made any sense to you. Yeah, no, I have that in my article this week as well. I believe that 11 of the past 13 winners of Memorial uh, have been inside the top 10 for the week in strokes gained approach. And breaking news as we do this show, Kevin Na, who I was going to bet, and Vijay Singh are both out of Memorial. The glove, Lucas Glover, Russell Knox on a sponsor's exemption who has the closest proximity to the hole of any player in the field who has more than 20 rounds played at Mirrorfield Village is now in. And Kyle Stanley is now in the field who lost in a playoff here to Bryson along with Bjorn Hunan like three years ago, coming off, leading the field in approach at Colonial. Don't think that I won't get sucked into Kyle Stanley. I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Oh, yeah, certainly played well here. I'm surprised. Uh, who gets to make those decisions, Jack? I don't know. There was a long list because I was looking to bet Stanley, and then I noticed that he just wasn't in the field. And then I looked at the sponsors list, and he was like eighth or so on the list. But I guess, yeah, just like, yeah, you, you're in. 
No, always, always reason to line shop, but like when the alternates get in, you really do see a wide variety of, of numbers out there when they finally realize to post them. Yeah, I don't even know if, let's see, no, they still have Kevin Na in the field right now, so it's probably going to take a day before they're actually into the system in places. Hopefully that when the DraftKings pricing comes out, he's they've adjusted to this because they're not out as we speak, that maybe, Can I, yeah, go ahead. I was about to just say, I don't know what, when I want them to add a guy that I see isn't there, I don't know whether I should say something, because then it's like, well, this guy obviously wants to bet this guy yeah. that should be a big number, or just like, I'm always tempted to just say nothing and then do it naturally. Cause I feel like if I just by saying something, they're going to be like, okay, well, we should make it shorter. This guy wants to bet it instead of just, I don't know the system putting Kyle Stanley in there. I would say if this was Wednesday, you would have to say something to make sure that he got in, but where it's like Monday morning that he's going to be in there. Yeah. And I wouldn't say something, even though I'd be jonesing to find out the number. Uh, I'll tell I'll give you a guess on what I think Kyle Stanley's number is right now. Let's see. Verner's 140. Grace is 140 coming off at WD. Munoz is 125. And he finished better than Stanley. I'll say he's 125 or 150. That'd be my guess. Probably. I would say, yeah, sure. I think closer to 150. And I'm sure that certain books are going to hang like a 200 on them and other places will have met. Like if DraftKings hasn't released their odds or they haven't updated their odds yet and the people at DraftKings Sportsbook watch this show where I encourage people to go bet at DraftKings Sportsbook and I talk about Kyle Stanley, like if he opened at 90, I wouldn't be super stunned. They always have the worst Doug Gim numbers out there. <laughs> oh, they just know they're, 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 they're just, oh, yeah, no comment. Uh, so two other things. Uh, one, I looked to hedge out of my co-crack money because I was petrified of speed and just they were up by so much it was going to be one or the other. That number that they hung on speed was, I don't want to say it's ludicrous because my, it was minus 250 to plus 250 essentially after the round. And what was co-crack down one or were they tied going into the no, final? It was day? ludicrous. It was ludicrous. I'll tell you why. And they was down one. And, and I looked for other ways to actually hedge out of that money. And I couldn't find, they wouldn't offer a straight up head to head versus them. The only thing that I could find was a two ball that was Spieth versus Kokrak, but that includes the tie. So I wasn't going to hedge all my money in the opportunity that I could realistically lose it all. If that, if they just both, if Spieth won by one and they both shot 70 or something like that, I just lose all my money straight off. I wasn't going to do that. And he was still like minus 140 in the two ball. Yeah, you probably could have found some um, two balls. I know a couple sites that would have had it like without the tie, but that's probably, I guess, what I would have done. It did seem pretty ridiculous, um, even in the notion that it is a two-man race. If they do have a head-to-head, -head, that wouldn't be the line. No, that was the so whole thing. Like, like the two ball, if you included the tie, it was minus 140. So throw out the tie. That makes it what? Like minus 160 in a head-to-head -head if they were to offer that. But they wouldn't offer that because they knew what everyone was trying to do. But all it did was cost them money because I would have hedged out. The number was too bad, so I just let it ride. Um, yeah, no, you're 100% right. To me, the number made sense because I, or, or I thought you were getting a great Coke rack number even on Sunday morning because... I don't know whether they obviously there are multiple factors. Um, obviously, like Kokrak doesn't like scare anybody. He's not like a name value player. But let's just say it was. Um, how do I put this? Let, like, what did let's just say it was Corey Connors, who was like twenty five or twenty eight to one. Do you think the line would have been the exact same? I don't know. I probably. I I think it was just. 
where Spieth is such a public player, and he does have the advantage of people throwing his ball out of the woods back onto the fairway. You can't overlook that part in the betting odds. That, yeah, I, I unless it was like Finau or who else was kind of like lurking. No, there, there was no one really there that... I guess if it was Berger who was a shot behind him, it would be close closer to even money. But just the take that they probably had on Spieth versus Kokrak was so immense that they were like, we just need to make Spieth unbettable. And they know that any like random guy who's showing up, who isn't really paying, who's looking for some action on a Sunday morning, isn't showing up to bet Jason Kokrak. You're right. But here's the thing. Based on what I saw, and even it, like, it seemed like there was a lot of Kokrak monies out there. Um, this week so. yeah in in our circles not, there was in most, our circles, there was most I, definitely I understand, stuff. I understand that and i understand that it's like a hyper niche circle but it seemed like there was a lot of big coke rack monies floating around last night um i would also i don't know he what, what, what did speed go off at eight to one ten to one uh i think he he was i think he went off at nine but he opened at 10 or 11 i think because another interesting conversation that I found myself in, and I'm always remembered of, oh, well, there are multiple reasons to remember, you know, my times working with Marenzi and Cam. <laughs> but golf specifically, Pat, golf bettors are the only bettors in the world who would besmirch someone's like eight to one outright <laughs> winner. Do you know what I mean? And I would always, you know, in working with Gabe, we'd be like, no, like, screw that. That's just too low. We're not betting it. And Gabe be like, no. Like, I just bet games. I just bet sides. I just bet totals. Like, eight to one's amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're like, as grind, like hardened golf guys are going to be back here next week, whether it's a major or the Sanderson farm. We're like, nah, we just can't like bet on eight to one. Like, we don't do it. Even if we like, like it, like we have to like it like so much. Yeah, well, okay. I think you hit. I think you hit. Just hit on the key point there. We have to like it so much that no one is like, "Hey, here's my one golf pick of the week." There's no one out here that does that. So if someone is touting Spieth, I, which I mean, if he wins, you want to hit the winner and you want to win ten times your money. That's perfect. Uh, you great. just you just have to look at the rest of what they've done, like because I've seen like there's so many new people getting into the golf betting space right now, and it's just like, oh, you should check out my picks this week. I bet Spieth and Justin Thomas, and, like, four other guys who are less than 25 to 1. It's like, all right, now, now, even if you win, you don't win. Like, well, like, what are we talking about here? Like, if you bet Spieth, and you pumped up Spieth, like, we kind of always talk about this in terms of card construction, that if you do go to a 9 to 1 guy, like, maybe you can have one guy in the 20s, and then, like, you're looking at, like, 80 to 1, 100 to 1, if you actually want to win, like, a decent chunk of money that week if that guy wins. So that's the way that I would just kind of look at it in terms of touting someone like Spieth. Like, that week that DJ won at the Canadian open and you hammered him at like five to one. I think you had like two other guys and they were like 150 to one that week. It's not like you were like, Oh yeah, I'm going to bet Dustin and Jason day and Bubba Watson and all the guys who ended up showing up that week or whoever it might've been. No, but I bet if I'm betting like a guy at eight, eight to one to win a golf tournament, I'm pretty much betting that like it's a football game that I like really like not like love, but like, obviously you don't bet like 50, 50 football games, pick a side. One of them's going to win. One of them's not going to win. Like you do uh, even a WGC, a 60-man golf tournament. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know when you go that low. But I'm just saying only golf bettors would um, <clears throat> like besmirch at, uh, like an 8 or 10 to 1 winner. I kind of, you know, if you win, you win, I guess. Obviously, you have to construct the card in, in, in a way. 
Well, you could have bet like Spieth and then you could have bet Spieth and Kokrak and oh, Hoffman. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, and that would have been perfectly fine. That's no different than us betting two guys in the 20s and then betting Hoffman and Kokrak. Yeah. It just, yeah, you can, of course. It just, I, I think that the conversation becomes. Like when you see certain people, like you, you probably know who they are, uh, that you see per- people like, oh yeah, I got Spieth right now. And then you look at the other people that they bet. It's like you legitimately bet the five favorites. And then there are the other people who put up Spieth who do it in a sensible way. And then you're like, yeah, that's a great call. Like I don't have the guts to go down that low 98% of the time. If you felt like this was the week, you know, you were one shot away from being right. Um, yeah, you are right. Yeah, so I, I have no nothing ill to say about that. Quick ones before we get into it. Like I mentioned that Sky and Tom will be on the European Tour Pick Show on Tuesday, so subscribe to that feed. But I did make a European bet already. I bet my guy Daniel Van Tonder at 60-1 to 1 over in Germany. I played that with the Eachway as well. Did I play with the Eachway? No, I didn't even play with the Eachway. I was just like, fuck it, let's go. Let's play some Daniel Van Tonder. He was great at the PGA Championship. Uh, so we'll see how that goes for him. And then uh, the, the fun part of at least my Monday morning, Sky hit me up. He's like, hey, I need you to make a bet for me on Rachel Heck to win the U.S. Women's Open. I was like, I don't know who this is. Uh, he's like, she's 1,000 to 1. He was like, do you want to put like 10 and 10 on it for me? Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And I'll put 10 on 10 for, for myself at 1,000 to 1. She's down to 100 to 1 now, now that the books have reopened up because I think so many people actually hit this 1,000 to 1 number, the 500 to 1 number, the 250 to 1 number. Uh, even at like 150 to 1, if you can still find it out there, I think that's what she is on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Rachel Heck, Jeffrey. Six-time collegiate winner so far this year at Stanford. This is played in San Francisco, so it's like a home course. And we've seen, like, amateurs do really well at the Women's U.S. Open in the past. Plus, all the best players just played, like, seven days of match play. Um, Well, it didn't seem like many of the real good ones got far. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. By the time it got to my attention, they had taken all that stuff down, even the whole tournament. Will they, like, let it keep? Because remember last year we got some Asian who had the wrong name in some event, and then they wouldn't let our bets stand? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Tom Kim. Wasn't that the guy? Yeah, oh, yeah, Tom Kim. Uh, I don't really know. I, I assume that they're going to honor this. Uh, I don't see Good. any. They I, better. I'm I, always, they I, always, in my, they got to honor it. But I, I mean, they know. don't got to honor it. Uh, if you read the terms and conditions, they definitely do not have to honor it. They cancel it before the event actually starts. But this is a different circumstance. They posted a bad number. The issue with Tom Kim was like, I think they thought he was a different guy. I, I actually kind of, I don't side with them. I would have preferred my wasn't the bet lost it didn't really matter uh at the gigantic number that we got it at they legitimately listed him like he was the wrong guy they knew who this was and they put the number up at a thousand to one they were just wrong with their number that's on them yeah fair enough get it what sarah hack uh no rachel heck rachel heck Get just, her come, done. just come fourth. I also ran out and played like a super triple parlay with the Eachways just because I had her at a thousand to one. So I just randomly clicked on names from Memorial and randomly clicked on names from Europe along with her as a three team each way parlay for like 25 cents each. What is it? It's a total bet of $24.50 with the potential upside, Jeff, of $3.4 million. So I hope to win. Love it. Um, I know, did you see one of the girls conceded didn't even do the concession match because she didn't like no there's a major next week i'm not playing you can have third place i'll take my fourth place check oh i didn't like that but i like that move i like that move a lot that's like a dustin johnson type move 
Yeah. I like that. She's a bigger girl, too. She didn't need the two days. <laughs> I think she's coming back from injury also. Oh, yeah. If you're coming back from injury, if you can't win, why are you playing? I like third? her a lot. She, she, she looks like my kid's nanny. <laughs> Who is it? I don't, I don't know. I've done too much damage here, Pat. So, sounds like you, you were pretty glued into this women's match play. No, I didn't. I just saw that she conceded and saw who it was. All right. I watched the last like 25 minutes of the women's match play where a girl hit it in the water and won the hole with the double and subsequently won the event. Pretty interesting last hole, I tell you. So so it shaped up like the WGC match play when both Scheffler and Horschel were absolute shit in the finals. Um, yeah, I guess. And yeah, it's a long day, right? And a long week. So they talk into the microphone. Stop talking away from the microphone. I'm talking right into the microphone. You're not. When you turn your head, you're not talking into it because look, look, look at the angle that you have your microphone on right now, right? It's pointing away from your face. When you turn to your right, you're no longer talking into it. It's a long week (laughs) and it's back to back matches. So, um, yeah, mental fatigue, physical fatigue, it all wears in. But I guess, you know, they play for the that big check. Did we talk about it on last week's show or not that your your country club where you're a member at is hosting the Canadian Open? Uh, we didn't talk about it since it became official, no. No, that has to be exciting. You're going to get your do you get like special access? No, I don't think they give us anything, but I'll take advantage of everything. What is the winning score going to be there? Like minus 40? I don't, I don't know. Uh, it'll be pretty low, but I don't think they care. They went to Ray's Creek a couple weeks ago. And if not for a little weekend weather, I mean, well, they were at like minus 17 and going into the weekend, right? Yeah. Like, well, you know, what am I talking? I called it Ray's Creek, but uh, Craig's Ranch. Yeah. Craig Ranch. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think the tour is afraid of, of low scores. As a member, I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to do. Uh, but it's a classic Stanley Thompson uh, original design, tree line golf course. Uh, so they can make it tight and they can turn the greens up. But I don't know. One of these guys is going to be on one and shoot like 33 under over four days, I'd suspect. Well, there's what, 27 holes on the venue. Do you think they'll do what they do with the rocket mortgage for what is it there in TPC Detroit, where they just basically combine all of the courses together, like all of the nines into one and like make their own holes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a composite course and there might even be some composite holes. Um, it actually might all be out there, like what they intend to do. I think one of the nines actually is only going to have like two holes being used because I can't imagine. I mean, I was out there on the weekend and you're like, it's funny to think like these guys, come on. (laughs) Like, like, I don't even know that we could, we maybe might have one real par five that like could play like a par five. No, what, yeah, what, I think, but what I, what I would think that they would do is like take one of the, maybe even a shorter par four, if there's a longer par four after it and just try to combine those into one hole. Yes. They're going to might use T boxes from other holes to play into greens that like us as the membership have never done. If that's what you mean. Yeah. That, that would be, like and they'll a, be building new T boxes to lengthen some of the holes. It's a pretty, I don't know. I'm excited. 
I'm excited. I'm really excited. It's a sense of pride for me. Um, for a lot of people could just, you know, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's like a stuffy thing, but like, if you're in the circle, it's a nice sense of pride. No, especially I got- for somebody whose grandfather was like a founding, um, like original member and they're going to host the national championship in the hundredth anniversary of, of the place. So I think that's, that's nice. And that that's a warm, fuzzy feeling. I mean, I had my bar mitzvah there, Pat, I grew up at this place. So it's nice to see. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's like, we don't deserve it either. That's why I couldn't believe anyone like wouldn't want to have it or potentially would have wanted to vote. No, like the fact that they asked us to this dance, like, the nerve of us to even consider saying no. Um, so I'm happy the vote went as planned because they needed a super majority. There's a lot of old stuffy people who, you know, God forbid they lost like a couple weeks of their golf game. Do they allow non-Jewish members now? Or is the Canadian Open going to be a 72-hole match play between Daniel Berger and Spencer Levine? Uh-huh. They do. Uh, they for quite some time they've allowed non-Jewish members. I might have just kicked my camera accidentally <laughs> as that happened. I uh, know for quite some time it's an all-inclusive uh, club. All right. I don't know that they advertise it like a lot of places, but um, yeah. The average American consumes around 17 teaspoons of added sugars each day. If what you put into your body today is the foundation of who you become tomorrow, start reaching your goals by being aware of and cutting out unnecessary sugars from your diet. HVMN is obsessed with helping you reach those goals through modern nutrition, powering your metabolism with less sugar and more ketones. HVMN is a nutrition company that takes the mystery out of counting macros. They're results-driven, modern nutrition for modern lifestyles with less sugar than the competitors. Their products provide lifestyle and habit upgrades that help their customers become healthier and better versions of themselves. By using real organic ingredients, HVMN has made keto and lifestyle improvements easy with healthy and low sugar options that are great for you and deliciously satisfying. HVMN offers single items like MCT oil, keto food bars, and keto collagen powder, or you can grab a kit that includes all the essentials at an everyday discount. Whether you're curious about keto, want to improve performance, lose weight, or boost brain and body wellness, HVMN will have a non-intimidating solution for you and in tasty flavors. This is true. I got my package. Delicious. HVMN is modern nutrition for modern lifestyles, and their new kits make it easy to embrace healthy living and quickly feel the difference. Right now, HVMN is offering our listeners 10% off your first order when you go to hvmn.com slash mayo. Embrace healthy living today. Go to hvmn.com slash mayo for 10% off your first order. That's hvmn.com slash mayo for 10% off. The Memorial Tournament, Jack's Club. For the year, it's back at Mirrorfield Village. There's been a giant redesign 
of the course. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, you can find that in the description. Uh, I'm going to post some of the links. I've actually, I'm definitely going to do one this week because I started to realize like, hey, Pat, what you should do is just make your notes during the week and just save it in the newsletter. And then by the time it comes to write the newsletter on Wednesday evening, you're not like, I'm too fucking burnt out. I want to spend two hours on this. Now it should take me like 10 minutes. This should be good to go. But I'll have some good like hole by hole stuff in there that you can find uh, about what is different. Like hole number 14 is completely different. It's all new greens. It's all new fairways. It's all new tee boxes. Some of the bunkers have been, I mean, almost all of the greenside bunkers have been completely redesigned and made anew. Some of the fairway bunkers have been moved around to make it more challenging off the tee. So I don't know how much course history is going to play into it, but even like new undulations, undulations in the greens. So guys that are very familiar with these greens might be at a slight disadvantage until they figure them out or not, because who knows uh, how this stuff comes down. It's really difficult to quantify in that regard. But as Jeff pointed out earlier, strokes gained approach is what you want to be going with with here and you need to be good out of the sand and that actually is, is going to lead me to one guy in a second i wrote him off my column on dkplaybook.com where he is horrible from around the greens but if he's in like the greenside bunker actually not that bad strangely enough he's better off being in the bunker than he is in the rough he's the anti-jason kokrak when it comes down to that kokrak could just be having like a mental breakdown at this fucking course if he played anything like he did on sunday par fours 450 to 500 yards the six of the seven most difficult course holes on the course uh there are six of them out there so tread your water on those three of the par threes are now beyond 200 yards so they've added about an extra 100 yards in length and i jeff i don't think that we're going to get that drivable par four that was so awesome that we saw at work day because uh, we didn't see it at memorial last year did we no um and i want you to give me like the price range of this horrible greenside player but great bunker player so i could try to guess him before you name him later um that was an interesting dynamic, right? You almost like could see Jack snarling at those workday scores. I'm like, I'm going to make this place like an extra, extra custy um, for the memorial. And he did because he did not like seeing those workday scores. So, yeah, they even took out that drivable par four. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the week later, I don't think we're going to. I don't think we're going to see it or maybe Jack might feel like he literally might have taken it a little too far last year. Do you remember that when Rom, uh, I think Rom was playing with, was he playing with Palmer or Finau in the final round last year? It was Palmer, right? Which day did Willett? Was that Saturday that Willett just bottomed out? Because he was no. there too, I think. It was, it was Sunday. Willett played with Finau in the second to last group. That's what happened. He shot like plus 10 or something like that. Uh, yeah. But do you remember that after like Rom would make his putts, then like he would walk off the green, then you'd see all these people like scurry onto the green to pull up all the grass? Do you have no, any recollection of this? I should. But yeah, you're right. Palmer, Palmer, Bina, Willett, Rom. No, I remember that, but I don't remember. I don't remember this. This, I don't know. This event is good memories. I remember being one of those people on those on a Rom rant last year. Like, what have you guys done here? Like, you guys are like, you're out of your mind. And he played amazing. I mean, it's one thing to play amazing at a different event, like a different course. He literally went unconscious on the Sunday at the workday. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, like they're going to crush Rom's number. And they gave you an even bigger number than you thought you were going to get. And I still didn't bet it. So, yeah, I think that's probably what it was. While you were there sweating a winning bet, I was there being like, I bet a bunch of losers who missed the cut so I can watch like the people come out of the greens and tear it up. I just remember Jack's interview where he was talking about where all the redesigns were going to happen and just – 
they were digging up the course as the guys were finishing up the hole because they wanted to get the renovation started so it would be ready for this time around. On the new scorecard, it does list number 14. That's the hole that got redesigned uh, as 360, but it does look like that creek that goes up by the green is now even closer to the green. So I don't know if anyone's going to take a shot at it. I guess it really depends on where the tee boxes are. But I would imagine that it plays somewhere in between the easier the easier workday and how hard Memorial was last year. Like, I, I don't think that they've seen a course as firm and fast as last year's Memorial in... I'm sure that there's a Masters that probably pops up, or maybe that one that Rom won at Olympia Fields. But other than that, that like my guess, like I can't remember anything. Like guys couldn't hit the fairway; they would hit it in the middle of the fairway and it would just roll into the rough. Yeah, that would have been my guess. The Olympia Fields event. Um, that but, Rom, yeah, that Rom is, also won. Is... <laughs> we'll see. And I guess he's the chalk. I mean, and it's pretty much not even close, right? We're seeing a pretty definitive. For what we normally see there, it's a pretty definitive gap. I was surprised. Uh, on the research show, when I went over like what the guessing what the odds were, I thought that Spieth and Rom would be co-favorites, even because I recorded it on Saturday. Even if Spieth lost to Kokrak, I was like, they'll probably just be both 10 to 1. I got Rom right at 10 to 1, but I didn't expect Spieth to be 14 to 1 with Rory, with Bryson. It was almost even shocking to see Justin Thomas at 16 with Morikawa. That's where we're at. Is that how like people are down on Thomas or people up on Morikawa that they're the same odds now? Uh, I found that really striking. Vic is 18 to 1. Then you have Xander and Cantley at 22 and Matsuyama at 25. Those are the opening odds. And I thought it seemed like a lot of players were 40 to one and below at the top of the board, but they're actually giving you a pretty decent discount. Like it's almost a major esque discount that you're getting on some of these big name guys. Cause it's a pretty strong field. When you say major as discount, what do you, what are you implying Pat? Because I, I mean, you just mentioned seven guys under 20 to one. So I did. I, I, I did. But like, it's not like it's Rom at 10, Rory at 10, Spieth at 12, Thomas at 12. Like you're getting Sorry. 14, 14, 14, 16, 16, 18. Like okay. you're, you're getting an extra like four points on some of the very best names outside of Rom. Okay, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, I, I do sort of agree with what you're saying there. They've sort of really bunched it up, but they did make it a, quite a bit more attractive if you wanted to play, um, you know, JT... Uh, per se, who did lose in a playoff on that workday event to Morikawa, though, though, or who? Because I feel like Rom and JT had a crazy like putt off, but JT and Morikawa also had a crazy putt off, right? Yeah, that's the one where Thomas hit his like fifty foot bomb in the playoff from across the green, and Morikawa was done because he had like a twenty seven footer down the hill, and he made it anyway. After Tim said that JT couldn't lose, then JT got stuck behind that weird like single tree on the third playoff hole, and that was the end of him. And that was more. I mean, Morikawa had won like a subfield, what have you, but that was his first win, right? Because then it was U.S. Soap or PGA and. Or did I miss one between nope, he, he won the Barracuda or the yeah. one, one of the alternate field events the year before he won workday. Then he won the PGA championship and then he won at concession. So he's good at Jack Nicholas courses. Very good at Jack Nicholas courses. And yeah, that's a great other observation you made. And I mean, we could have this whole debate on, on Morikawa and we thought he was unfairly priced for quite a while, but now they got him here um, beside Justin Thomas. 
he could like more. I mean, he could think the world of Morikawa and still think that that's just not um, right. Maybe I'm not sure. Justin Thomas having his own little problems. Morikawa, it feels like. I mean, to the layman, you could argue based on how amazing he is that like you're not really seeing him. He's not playing well, but he just like does these like T9s, T10, uh, T10s, T15s, and you like don't even notice him for four days and he still finishes there. And he's not like one of those guys that'll do that. Like, you know, one of my loves, a now, because this guy also has like the trophies, as you mentioned, to go with that. You know, when he's not winning events, it's like, oh, he did that. And you barely even acknowledge it because it feels so normal. I think that they are the perfect guys to put in the same bucket because the same thing needs to happen for them in order to win. If they putt, they generally win. Both of them. Like, if you just go back and look at their numbers, if they gain, like, more than three strokes putting for a week, they win the tournament. And it makes a lot of sense that they're the same number to me now. But if you had to vet one of them, who would it be? I mean, I've won a lot more money on Colin Morikawa in my life than I have on Justin Thomas, put it that way. Well, you've never been able to bet Justin Thomas at 40 to 1. Now that well, this is true, or 33 or sorry, whatever. I mean, Justin Thomas did win his major at, at, at 40 or 50 to 1, like before the breakup. But I just mean, like in the last couple of years, if you have bet Justin and he does win at a fair rate, you've had to do it at 14 to 1 or under pretty much outside. And there was that one. It was almost ROM like the Bridgestone Thomas number that one year. Remember, it, it almost was exactly about like ROM last year here. I, I, re- I remember very vividly because I didn't watch that tournament. I just looked at the opening odds because I was on, I think it was right before my wife and I were having our son, like our first child. We took like a quick vacation up to Montreal and I just, I was off content that week. I was just like, fuck it, I'm taking a vacation. We're just going up to Montreal to hang. And I just looked at the odds. I was like, 30 to one seems really strange for Justin Thomas. I, we, we should probably bet that. Uh, and we did, and it ended up winning. This, that's actually a crossover course with this one. I don't know how much that's going to hold up anymore, but Firestone, both in Ohio, like they were very similar type courses, both places where Tiger dominated over the years. But like, I'm looking at this now. Uh, I actually made one bet from down here, and I'm not going to be alone doing it, uh, and it's probably the biggest sucker play in the world, but I like Cantlay at 22 to 1. He's back, baby, right? It, but, I mean, it, but, just... it, but is he? Does one tournament make him back? When you're that good, yeah. Okay. Because, like, it was only four tournaments. It wasn't like he was gone a year. He has gone a month. He had, like, a month of bad events. Four events. That's really not a lot to me. And as we acknowledge with all these guys, Pat, when you're of that skill, or even when you're not of this skill, when you're of, like, the, the skills, the skill, the, the high skill level of, say, an Adam Hadwin is your peak skill. Like, when you're of any of these guys, your fix to me is always like this far away. Like, cause they're all that good. And, and maybe it's just one funny thing that happened in a practice range session that clicked and now it's back. So yeah, I can believe he's back. Don't know that I necessarily want to, um, to bet it, but he does check that box of being that uh, approach monster, uh, of being that approach monster. Um, yeah, I like a few of those guys. I, I don't know. I mean, Victor went off at the U.S. Open at 20 to 1. So 18, we're kind of hoping for a better number there. Oh, you're not getting a better number. I, I just saw the DraftKings Sportsbook odds just got released. He's 14 to 1. He's the second favorite. Why? 
People love betting Hovland. He's become the new Xander. Because yeah, I guess. We, I don't. I mean, I'm curious what the Xander numbers. Um, like, how bad did he play at the U.S. Open at the wow, the PGA? Um, he missed the cut, <laughs> didn't he? And he's got a big event that's important to him. But but I wouldn't be surprised if he roars back here. Um, but I guess of all of them, I guess Cantley, Cantley wins. Cantley's got the. Uh, yeah, he's won here before. And I know Epat was joking or joking or being serious about the MX crossover. Uh, that seems to have a consistency with guys that have won here or played really well here in recent memory. I mean, that does track. I mean, yes, I mean, this year at least three of those were at the Pete Dye course, but there is a Nicholas designed course that's in the rotation of the American Express. And uh, weirdly enough, if you just look at the crossover, I wrote this up and I saw someone in that same thread pointed out as well. Sawgrass and this place weirdly just have the same guys near the top who tend to play well here. And I, I don't know why, because I don't think that these courses share anything whatsoever, but that's just, you know, when you look at the results, it's just kind of the way it goes. So uh, that's another place where Cantley has played really well over the years. And he won at Sherwood Forest or whatever the fuck it was called for the Zozo yep. last year, another Jack Nicholas course. So he just, he plays really well at this style of course. I don't know what it is. He even played well at like Workday and Memorial last year. No, he skipped Workday. He played Memorial and he was playing poorly, playing poorly. I think he ended up coming like T11 or something like that. So I I'm going to bite the bullet and go back on. And I have interest in all of these guys, but not enough interest to be like, oh, that guy in particular. Like, it's not like, oh, it's definitely Morikawa over Speed. I think Speed could most definitely win here. Even when Speed sucked last year, he still played well at Memorial. Yeah, I, I'm not picking on Speed, man. I feel like if you, you had the coke rack, you sort of dodged staring him in the face yesterday. It's not fun. It's not an enjoyable thing to do. You, you, I, I mean, we're now at the point where. I, he doesn't bother me like it's a like it's a major, but it's at the point where yeah, like I just need him ejected if I'm not betting on him because I don't want to have to stare him down if I'm lucky enough to have a bet there on the weekend. Yeah, because he seems as reliable as any of these super elites at the moment, and that's right. Like he like he's back there. Like he's back to being not just being priced as a super elite because there was a long period of time where, in my opinion, he was priced as one, but he wasn't playing as one. Um, it's one thing to be priced like one and to be playing like one. And he scares me more than any of them. I wouldn't want to go up against him right now. Xander's interesting though, Pat. I know I touched on it for a second. I don't know if I'm going to have the courage to pull the bet. Um, he's a guy I've spoken that it's a fine line here with what Mickelson's win did for a lot of people. I believe it's inspiring. You're like a Martin Keimer you are even like I said, a Charlie Hoffman, like you just keep kicking the kick in that can. Even if you're somewhere, I don't know where you are, William Haas, but, but you just keep grinding. You just keep grinding Hunter Mahan, et cetera, et cetera. But there is a small consortium of player on tour. In my opinion, understand it's my opinion and I am wrong a lot. You got that out of the way. Good. There is a consortium of player um, that, in my opinion, their life is identified with being a, a golfer and winning golf tournaments. And Xander Shoffley is one of these people. You know, even in COVID at the start, when we were off, 
he was like, I, I have no purpose. Like my only purpose is being a professional golfer. If I don't have that uh, purpose, he took some con, he took some heat for that comment um, because people were like, people are dying. You're rich. Yada, yada, yada. Listen, everyone wants to wake up with a purpose in the morning for him. It's golfing and trying to win golf tournaments. I'm being long, long winded. I usually am. Great stories have come out since Phil Mickelson's win last week, Pat. One of the great one by our buddies, I believe Christian Powers over at, at Golf Digest. Um, Phil's low point in his time was, was during COVID, Pat. He was playing head-to-head -head with Xander regularly, regularly. And Xander was whipping his ass. He'd go home, tell Amy, I keep losing wads of cash to this guy. I can't beat him. I don't know if I can beat the others like him who are actually winning on the tournament on field. And then you see Xander, like as much as he's happy for Phil to see this guy, like go out and win, like it's gotta be, well, like I can do it. It's gotta be so freaking tilting to say, like, as I said, there are two San Diego guys that, that played a ton together during COVID. And Phil said like, that was kind of my low point. Like I was just getting worked day after day by Xander Shoffley. And I kept asking to try to win my money back and it didn't go well. So Xander's got a thick wad from Phil. Um, and the U.S. Open's in a couple weeks home. He's probably feeling more pressure than ever. That being said, off that ugly PGA, if people are looking to bet him at the U.S. Open, I think you got to, like, bet him here. And I don't know who that group is, but his number's low enough where there's always a lot of people. And I was dumb enough to be betting him at the PGA. I haven't made a decision going forward. But um, ah, I think... You know, I think this is this is a week he actually could roar after everything I said, but it's a fine line for him. And in my opinion, he's as close to winning as he is from being on full tilt. It's crazy. I know nothing. And I'll close with saying that. Maybe you should say that at the beginning and say nothing, Feinberg, but it's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to talk and give my opinion. I just look three points down on the board and see Hideki is playing so much better. And so he's won an event. He's 25. He won the Masters. He's 25 yeah. to 1. And it's not like he played poorly at the PGA Championship. He putted poorly at the PGA Championship, which is what you're going to run into with a decade. He's won Firestone. He's won Firestone. He's won here. He has yeah. three top six finishes and six starts at this course. Like he gained two and a half off the tee at the PGA Championship, 6.4 strokes on approach, gaining around the greens. Like the ball striking has just been immaculate. Once he got his driver back, he won the Masters, and it's been good ever since. It's just, is the putter going to show up? And I, I I know that the greens are new here, but these greens are very similar to Augusta's greens. Uh, they're going to be, I don't know if they're pure bent grass, but they're bent grass mostly, especially this time of year, and they run fucking fast. Uh, and that's where you want Hideki at. So when I look at, like, Cantlay, Xander, and Hideki, my lean is towards Cantlay at the moment, but I, I feel like I could talk myself into Hideki no problem. And I might do that Listen. when all is said and done. And you, you see my, my cheat sheet at the end of the week, and it might just have Hideki Matsuyama on it. Pat, this is, his, this is his PGA Championship number at a course that suits him exponentially more. Well, I mean, you said he won at Firestone. If we're talking about crossover courses, according to Tim, he won the Players' Championship. So that's, that's easy. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. He's playing so good. He went to the PGA Championship and and he played outstanding. I think he got he went into some thick seaside grass and made like a really 
ugly number that I think made it put him from like minus four to minus one on Saturday or something. But we were all thoroughly impressed with how great he played. Didn't he? I mean, he didn't play essentially till he teed it up the week before, right? He went somewhere. He didn't play well, or maybe he did play well. No, no he played no, well no, out he, of the gate. Yeah, he did. He yeah. played well. He played well at Byron Nelson. It was could, Brooks could, who didn't play well at that other event right and, before. And that was after like Hideki had mentioned he hadn't picked up a club since he won the Masters because he had to go to Japan and then two week quarantine coming from America. And then he ended up coming back where you don't have to quarantine, but he ended up just going straight to the Byron Nelson, like played pretty well. And like the ball striking was great. Couldn't putt. Like those are the Hideki bad weeks when he just doesn't putt. And it happens like 50% of the time. But if he can get almost like Morikawa right now, it's just funny that, you know, Morikawa gets big up. I mean, that's great. He's been an excellent player. He's won four times in the past three years. Justin Thomas is up there. But the fact that Cantlay and Xander continue to press 22 to 1, and Hideki, who just won the Masters, is sitting there at 25 to 1. And it's kind of a shot, too. Like, for everyone, I mean, we fall guilty of this, like, this shit all the time. That, you know, I, I've already seen people like that number on Xander is ridiculous. The guy can't win. I mean, he has four wins, but everyone said Hideki couldn't win either because he hadn't won in three years. Sometimes it's just hard to win. <laughs> hard to win yeah no i don't know the xander thing the thing is i i mean other than hideki like he shouldn't be shorter he's 22 so you think he should be 25 take it out on the like take it up with the book man Who's like right it? it's not like you think xander should be 30 with finau or something yeah i i do i think that's i mean he should be maybe it's a misprice on hideki because i don't see why hideki isn't 18 to 1 or 20 to 1 above those guys so maybe it's not the 25 or the 22 that's the problem but within a field with all of these guys hideki just kind of screams like he's the best value of the elite players listen we know like if the books aren't taking money like it creeps the other way and xander i don't know he played great at the masters and then he, what, had like a 14th place that like you don't even notice. Almost like when Morikawa finishes like 14th. Like, um, well, how, how about this? Because the odds just got released on DraftKings Sportsbook. Hideki is 30 and Xander is 16 and a half. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's like reminds me of our old days starting when Ricky was 16 and Hideki was 30. You're like, what? Like, what do you mean? Because he's in good, like, and Xander doesn't even have that commercial appeal. And Ricky, like, I don't know, probably won at the same rate Xander did back in those days. How, how about this? Hideki is 30 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Corey Connors is 26 to 1. That's, I don't. This, this only tells me that I don't need to bet this 25. I'm going to end up betting on Hideki, and I'm going to wait for a better number in the places. That, yeah. All the places I don't have where in Canada, I don't have access to DraftKings like, Sportsbook. Although everyone who had does have access should play on DraftKings Sportsbook. My books all have them at 25 right now. I'm going to wait till I see that number hit 30 or maybe even 33, and I'm going to be in. What is this? Like, like I don't want to make like a, a joke in poor taste, so I'm not going to make it. Good call. Do you have anything biting else to say or do you tongue. want me to do you want me to move on? I, I'm biting my tongue. I, I have to bite my tongue. Okay. Good news. But I want to defend Hideki Matsuyama. You can do you, you know how you know the best way to defend Hideki Matsuyama? Bet on him. <laughs> Obviously, you're right. You're right. Um, you're right. I guess just before we leave this like two per, this super top tier, because uh, we've discussed what ten golfers under twenty five to one of that super group. Like for you, like I guess going under twenty, you would if you had to make a decision, it would be Morikawa or JT. Because 
I'm telling you, I don't understand why like Rom is 10 and Bryson's 14. One guy last year won last year. One guy won the year before, right? Yeah, Bryson's already down to 16 uh, at the <laughs> same same place that posted him at 14 already. Uh, Bryson just played so poorly here last year. I think that's in people's minds. Bryson played so poorly. Yeah, that this was the one on the par five when he hit it over the fence and then he jumped the fence and he had like a meltdown. Oh, he was debate. Oh, where he got into the whole shtick with the rules official about the fence. This, yeah, this was here. That was here. That was this event. Okay. Yeah. No. Um. Fair enough. I couldn't see myself pulling the trigger under fifteen to one anyway. We. I don't know. My only winners come from other people, not me. So. What do I know? Um, Rory McIlroy is one of five players with multiple rounds of 64 or better at Mirfield Village since 1983. He's in this tournament. We didn't talk about him. I'm not betting him, but is anyone going to bet him? I don't know. I mean, it's better number than he had at the PGA. Now, he hadn't won there 10 years ago. He hasn't won here 10 years. He never won here. Great take. Brooks doesn't respect Jack Nicholas. <laughs> no, Brooks is like hurt and trying to make sure he's a hundred percent right for the U S open. Just I, that the only reason that you're seeing any Brooks, uh, you'll see Bryson takes this week, but he's actually playing in the tournament. The only reason that you'll see any Brooks type takes whatsoever this week is because the SEO is very high on Brooks Kepka right now. And people are just clicking on Brooks Kepka articles. I guarantee you that whoever is saying it or, Whoever's saying it, or if you see any Brooks articles, there is a directive coming from the top being like, hey, the more you talk about Brooks, the more clicks we're going to get. You should do that. Yeah, makes sense. So take it with a grain of salt. So I'm going to wait for a Hideki number. I might make the decision between Cantley and Hideki when it comes down to it, depending on what their numbers are. I mean, I could bet both of them potentially, depending on what I want to do with the rest of the card. Uh, if we go from 25 to 50, we should probably kind of plow through these. Uh, I have three guys that I really like from this range, and I've bet two of them already at deeper numbers. And I want to know, Jeff, what to do with the third, because it's a guy I never bet that you bet all the time. And one We're of doing the, it. And there's Let's a, do it. Finau? Yes! Ugh. Pat, I've already got it in my notes, man. Like this might be a place 30 to a, 30 to one and above is a great number. It's a fair number for Tony Fino. All the guy does here is compete. Um, what was he eighth last year? Uh, no, sorry. Yeah. Eighth last year, eighth in his de debut, 11th, 13th. I don't know, man. The guy's got it. The guy, this is a place that works for Tony Fino. He doesn't win a lot. I don't know if you want to like, because it's Finau, you got to each way. And if that's your game, that's your game. But at 30 to one, in my opinion, it's a very fair place at a course that really works. I'm betting it. Finau on DraftKings Sportsbook is actually 22 to one right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm catching 30. Basically, they flop Matsuyama and Finau's odds on DraftKings. But yeah, I'm seeing 30s. I mean, tenth at the Masters, eighth at the PGA. Look, look yeah, at his no. look, look at his numbers from last week. I think that's really the telling sign because you wouldn't notice anything from the result that he had. But around the greens, gaining irons, gained a ton. Off the tee, gained a ton. What he do? He lost four and a half strokes putting. It's kind of covering up that he's playing pretty well. And his putters, you know, what's weird about Finau, Pat, is that his short game has actually been really good this year. And his bread and butter has kind of um, slipped on him a little. I know last week it seemed to revert, like his putting 
um, let him down again. But I would say through the year, um, like that staple of iron play and consistency has kind of not been there, but his around the green game has been maybe the best of, of in this like career of this era of, of Tony Fino that you've known his name talking to the people. In his past 10 starts, he's only lost strokes around the greens once. In this field right yep. now, over the past 24 rounds, he is ninth in strokes gained around the what? greens. I'm, I'm exactly. Not, not too concerned about that, but you're kind of right. Like, the putter can get real wonky. We know that. We know what happens when he's in contention. But, hey, you want to call the Amex a crossover? He came second there. He blew it. I mean, actually, he had a really nice Sunday. See, woo, just had a better Sunday than he did uh and Cantlay had the best Sunday of them all but couldn't quite get up there at the same time because Siwoo was just too good that day he pulled the the reason that people get enamored with Siwoo because they're just like oh he's playing all like these awesome players and oh he's just the best one today because that's what he does every now and again and it just happens on Sundays whenever he ends up going to close someone sent me a cameo they got me from Siwoo Kim he said to bet him at the Wyndham You didn't need him to tell you that. No, I didn't, but it was nice to know. And I think we forget that, like, Fino, 8th at the PGA, 10th at the Masters. A lot of people just kind of focus on missed the cut at Wells Fargo, missed at Valero, missed at the players. Like, that sucks, but you have two majors in that time. He came top 10 at both. Came 20th last week, but actually secretly played really well. I don't know why I'm talking myself into Fino. It never works out well. You should probably not do it. But this has been a spot over the years, and we've talked about it almost every single year. We're doing it. Year. That this is kind of like the crowning win that guys get before they get to the next level. We saw it with Bryson. We saw it with Cantlay. I don't know if Kuchar won this or the players first, but we saw it with Hideki Matsuyama. This is a tournament. He won the players first. Kuchar did? Yeah. Okay. So Kuchar off that list. We're going to throw Hideki on that list because this was his like really big win when he broke onto the scene. I mean, Fina has been around forever. He's competed at these big events, but this would be, I mean, he has one other win and it's in Puerto Rico. This would be such a huge step for him to get this W. There are so many people in this range that I think we would agree. I mean, I guess even going down to Victor, who's the only person, Victor's the only person under, uh, like in front of Finau who winning this would be the biggest win of their career. I mean, maybe you could debate Xander, but I would still say no. But there's a bunch in this, like, 25 to 50 range who fit that bill. You could say Finau, Connors... Fitz, Cam Smith... I mean, Fitzpatrick won the the race to Dubai, didn't he? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, Connors, Scheffler, Burns, Neiman, Neiman, Sungjae, Cam Smith is another one. Streelman, even Hoffman, this would be the biggest win of his career, wouldn't it? No, he he may have won a FedEx Cup event, like in 2013. Yeah, and we've seen, as you've mentioned a couple times, this is sort of a um, a breakthrough win. I want to say, I mean, Rom won last year, but the winners, the winners here come. Uh, Bryson would have been over 30 to one, I think. The year oh, yeah. he won. Yeah, Cantley, Bryson, Duffner, McGirt, Lingamurth. And Cantley would have been 30 or 40 to one yeah. um, right in this, um, this part here. Listen, there's some times where I feel like I, I, I bet Fino and I shouldn't, but this is, this is a place that I, um, I feel really comfortable doing it. I don't need my arm twisted hard, but a lot of the numbers point me right to it. They so- really do. Remember the guy that I mentioned to you that has the really bad around the green game, but really good out of the sand? He is in this range. Okay. 
And is he, it Shane Lowry? It's not Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry, very good around the greens. Uh, and driving, led everyone in driving at the PGA Championship has been smoking his irons. He just can't putt And right one now. Firestone. And one Firestone. I was looking at him at 45 to 1. So I, I really need to make a decision what I want to do on my card. The, the answer well, is actually Corey Connors. Top 10 in the field on the same. Wow. He's too short for me here, but he would. But, this would uh, be a great win. He's, he's too short in terms of betting number or too short off the tee? Because off the tee, it doesn't matter if you're short here or not. No, um, um, to win. I'd rather bet Patrick Reed. Uh, I already did bet Patrick Reed. I got a 40 on him. Okay, great. Uh, are they still out there? Because I'm seeing 35s and I really liked it. Did I miss the 40? I probably did. Yeah. Um, Tory Pines in a couple weeks, but we're going to... Uh, I really like Reed. Reed, Finau, um, that sounds like a Feinberg card because Feinberg needs off the mat. Obviously, one guy wins in this group and one guy doesn't. So who's more likely to take me off the mat? It'll probably be, be Patrick Reed. But um, he does a lot, a lot for me. And I know we mentioned Amax as a as a comp, but I don't know whether you just want to, I don't know, maybe it's like the ROM thing, but there are some nice links to Tory winners here too, Pat, be it Justin Rose, John ROM, a lot of recent Tory winners also have Memorial wins. Uh, and have Masters success too, which, you know, Patrick Reed does. I've heard that in the past. And he's played well at Memorial over the years. Let's, let's take a look. He, each of the past five years, 10th, 29th, 57th, 8th, 26th. Like, he just, he competes here every single year, so I'm not too worried about him. And it seems about due for a win. He needs to bump Who himself back up on the uh, on the old Ryder Cup rankings to ensure that he gets his spot on there. So I, I got him at 40. I am only seeing 35 as the best number. The other one that I grabbed was Cam Smith at 50 to 1. Like, if I'm going to ride him at the PGA Championship at a worse number, I'm going to bet him here at 50 to 1. I literally would have... I don't know whether you're going to bet him or not, but I have in my notes that I have to give you the fifth degree if you're not betting cam smith like just for your own peace of mind what you could be setting yourself up for to to not to take that number two weeks ago and not eat this one so i'm happy you're doing that for you and i would suggest all cam smith truthers backers do it and this is the type of place man that that uh yeah i always wish i was getting a little more it's like, as I joked at the PGA, the books are very in tune with um, Cam Smith. I would bet oh, this is going to, I hate that. Like it's turned into like me versus this guy. When in true fact, I like this guy and he always used to make us so much money. And we always used to joke about how much money he was going to lose us. Cause we bet him a lot and he's not going to win or he doesn't win it was Corey Connors, but I would rather bet Cam Smith like nine out of 10 times to win this event than Corey Connors. Me too, especially at like double the price. If I had to bet I one, if, if I had to bet one to finish inside the top 20, it would be Corey Connors for sure. Yeah, that's a different combo. I, I agree, but we're betting outright winners here. I'd rather take Cam Smith. I two, I two time Zurich team event winner, Cameron Smith. <laughs> <laughs> With two different teammates. So he's the guy carrying. Of course. So, yeah, I got Reed and Smith for sure, 40 and 50. Then Cantlay, Finau, and Hideki. Can I afford to do that? Can I go Cantlay at 22, Hideki at 30, Finau at 30, 40, 50? Is that, is that too much? Didn't I just talk yeah, about the I guys just that don't do bet, this? Yeah, that or, you're done there. Just cut, you don't need to bet any of your scrubs that aren't going to win. Um, I'm going to bet Kyle Stanley, Jeff. Okay, sorry, that's different. But I think you could pull that off. I kind of am writing it down in, 
in front of uh, me, especially if you pull Hideki at the 30. That's a, that's an easy thing. I, I would I still probably, be- I'd still probably even bet it at the 25. They give me two 20s, a 30, a 40, and a 50. Like I just, yeah. ha- I happen to get good numbers uh, before they all ended up crashing. Okay. I think, th- I think there's a super compelling case for a lot of guys in this range that like Lowry, you brought up, I could see that Scheffler is just kind of sneaking under the radar. A very good Nicholas course player played really well at concession earlier this year. I could see that as well. Like Fitzpatrick I feel like doesn't have a chance unless it like plays incredibly tough. Like it did <laughs> last year. And then you have Neiman at 55. I mean, on DraftKings Sportsbook, he's 35. <laughs> I'm seeing 55s. I've seen a 60 out there on Neiman. Like, the problem is, is his short game is so bad. But if you're going to map out a way that Neiman wins, and you're going to map out a way that Corey Connors wins, or even some of these guys with the faulty short games, is they're not going to, if they're going to win that week, the short game doesn't matter because they're not going to rely on it. That's sort of the case you always make with Victor. And I believe it with those two guys, too. Yeah, no, that's a very legitimate case. The more I'm staring at some of these odds boards from around the universe, they're way off. Patrick Reed is so goddamn. I don't know whether it's just his. I don't know whether he's disrespected because I don't know how much lower you want to make a guy. Um, but the names that like border him are preposterous like to Sam, me. Sam Burns. That, that Corey Connor, Sam Burns, Scotty Scheffler, like the same. I'm seeing books with the same number. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Patrick Reed, same effing number. Like, like all these guys are in the 30s. One of them is really good. Well, obviously, a bunch. I bet you this tournament's going to come down to all these guys in the 30s not named Patrick Reed. Someone can cut this up. That's fine. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll take Patrick Reed over any of them. Over just, any of them. It's just really crazy where the action is coming in. Like I said, I saw Lowry at 40. I'm just looking at, including DraftKings Sportsbook right now, at the four different books that I'm looking at, I'm seeing 40, 45, 55, and then at DK, he's 60. Like 60 on Lowry is a good number. 60, 60 at, on Lowry here is a good number. That's a really good um, number. I've seen, uh, yeah. I, I think I even saw him touted at 40 this morning, or maybe it was 50. And then you're seeing, like, different Sungjae numbers that are out there. Should we be giving more consideration to Sungjae? Just, he's sort of the, it doesn't really matter. He's he's a lot like in the Reed bucket, where it doesn't really matter how he plays the week before. He might just show up and be good Sungjae all of a sudden. And, oh, he won at, his only win is at a Nicholas course. He plays played really well at the Amex and like, I don't know. I'm not going to get there with him, but I just found that he was very intriguing now that he's beyond 50 to one all of a sudden. I'm dumb enough to think the fix is really close because we do see a lot of rounds of a great Sungjae. Like we, we see, it's not like there are no signs of the high end Sungjae. Like we're just mired in this low end Sungjae. Like, I don't know. It seems like every other day is good or bad. So I think these guys can clean it up pretty quickly. As long as you're seeing the good, that's a great sign. Like even with speed, there was a period like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of ugly, but we're seeing a lot of good. If there's just ugly and not the high end stuff, then it's like peak concern. But when it's like um, very good and very bad, I'm, I'm silly enough to believe these guys can limit that and get more, you know, the fix of getting the bad out. Um, you know, for players of that skill. So 
I could be there. I think we should note that Fitzpatrick is custed, right? Do I have uh, that right? Yes. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick has been and are cursed for the week. And while we're staying in this range, Pat, any thoughts to, I mean, you, you sort of have an idea that might limit anything else you're going to want to do, but um, I, I'm only, I, I'm only committed right now, like with actual money down, I'm committed to Reed and Smith at 40 and 50, just because I knew that those numbers weren't going to stick and it doesn't look like they're going to. Uh, and I played a double with Van Tonder and Cantlay, but that was just more for fun. So who is it? Louie? No, I was saying Gary Woodland. Nah, nah, nah. That's more your brand, not mine. I'm already taking Fino, it looks like, so I can't. Okay, but I would say that, you know, the season-long stats on Gary can be daunting, but um, sixth at San Antonio, fifth at Quail Hollow, 14th at Colonial. The guy just, you know, would great moment into bad moment at the PGA Championship. Any note, like we're expecting him to pop a Tory, maybe so protect it. Uh, potentially, he's never lost strokes on approach at this event, which is kind of crazy. Yet, he only has one top 20, two top 20 finishes 2016 and 2013. Like, he makes the cut every year here and just can't, he can't chip at this place. <laughs> um, it is weird because his Jack Nicholas design record is pretty strong. He's got a sixth, a second, and eighth at PGA National. Uh, a first and second at Montro. Do you know what that is? Nope. Somewhere he won. A fourth at Glen Abbey. And a... Uh, it just sounds like you just just say you're better. fifth in the workday if you're going to count that. No, he's finished better than T20 here, unless we're looking at something no, way I, different. I, I said that he finished sixth back in 2016. Uh, Yeah. Um, and fifth at the workday last year. Yeah, that's when he actually did chip in everything, remember? Um, probably, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I'm seeing him at 60 to 1. Like, he has the same odds as Kevin Streelman. So, I mean, I, I get it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm attracted to Lowry and Woodland in that, if you can get a peak Lowry and, um, Sungjae, potentially. I don't know. It's been a... We got to get back to getting a winner under 50 to one, right? You would like, think you would think so. But here we are. We had KH Lee at 200, Phil at 300, Kokrak. I mean, a lot of people got Kokrak at 50 or 45 to one just earlier in the week when we made our bets. No, but he, I mean, even he was sitting there at 65. Even Hideki, what, 45, 50? Um, like I'm Sing? just saying, we've been it's it's been a while since we've gone. Um, I guess Spieth won at Valero at, at Chalky, Chalk, Chalk. But it's um, been a little, although I guess uh, we almost had double chalk last week with Burned and Spieth, right? They were both pretty much standalone big favorites. Yeah, if only Guido would have won, I would have won like 10 grand because I would have had the oh. Guido and Kokrak double. Guido's also got a little bit of a, does he start slow or he just charges so hard at the end? He just, he, he has his one round where he actually putts and then all of a sudden it's like minus nine, but he has so many rounds where like you're watching, it's like, oh, 15 feet for birdie, 14 feet for birdie, 22 feet for birdie. And then you look at it, it looks like Jim Furyk's round. It's like, oh, he made 18 pars today. Great. Well, you just, that happens. There was a great moment. I was actually watching some of the broadcast yesterday and the announcers, because he, he solidified his U.S. Open spot. 
And yeah, and then like, he, uh, look, he and then he pulled out of Germany. Look out, America! Guido's coming. He has opened at two hundred and fifty to one for the U.S. Open. I don't think he's going to play well at the U.S. Open. Yeah, but I know a couple guys who are going to bet it. It's not, and I'm not talking about us. No. Maybe we could be talked into it. Who knows? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll be talking to Sky. You know, Sky probably already has that money down, but that's uh, just not for me. So honestly, like. Let's go to the 50 and pluses. Like, the only guys, realistically, like, I'm going to bet Stanley. I have no idea what his number is going to be now that he's just been added to the field. 150, 200, probably play, like, the top 10 with him as well. I just, he led the field in approach last week. He's played well at this course before. He's played really well at Firestone in the past as well. And he's, if you're going to take a short hitter this week, you have to take a guy that still gains strokes off the tee. That is so critical here, that... Although off the tee is lesser than than everything else, that it's such a long course that you're going to want to have that extra distance. Like long and straight is obviously great everywhere. But if you can still be straight and give yourself just as many opportunities as possible to put your longer irons to work, like 175 to 200, and you are really good on your approaches, Kyle Stanley is that guy. And, you know, he blows up every now and then, but that's why he's not 30 to 1. That's why he's 200 to 1 or whatever the fuck he's going to come in at. And then, you know, the other two would just be uh, Siwoo and Doug Gim, but... You know, I'll probably just get there FOMO-wise. See, woo, coming off a WD. It's always a good time to bet him. Um, certainly. There's not a ton, honestly, in this range that I care for. I think it's time for uh, a, a, just a really good player to win again. I will say, like, it's pretty funny, Pat. You could get, you could have gotten a bigger number on Horschel last week than you can this week. I, I bet like, or, we're I, talking about how there's certain ones that are in an, an advantageous situation. Like Horschel obviously didn't play well last week. That was an amazing number. I didn't bet it, but I think you did. And I did. I, I, I ended That's up the, I, he was the same number as Coke rack. And when I looked at the board, I was like, these guys are better than the guys who are half their price. That doesn't mean they're going to win. Although Coke rack did win, but like, I don't understand why they're this number and these other guys and like, you know, no shade against answer or anything like that, but Billy Ho and Kokrak are better than answer. Well, I guess it takes one top 10 where you barely got on TV to put Ricky Fowler back uh, under a hundred to one. Of course. And he's probably going to get your money. Don't pretend like he's not. 66 is hard. It's easy to just throw a little bucks when it's like 150 to one pad 66. Oh, it's not it, easy. It's not. It's not as easy a blind decision because now I feel like that's a really bad number. It's not a great number, but hey, Ricky is. I mean, he lost to Duffner that year here, but oh, he's competed at this course in the past. Plays Nicholas pretty well. If you wanted, if you want to have a reason to play Ricky, I, you can most definitely talk yourself. You can. You but can I'd sit- like rather bet Woodland, who I just named all. Like he's got a run of top tens for for five weeks. Yeah, but Jeff. What if Ricky wins and you don't have money on him? What happens then? I'd be annoyed at 66 to 1, but I don't think he's going to win. Then don't bet him. He's got a, oh, there's a little form. Sure. Then you should bet him. <laughs> no, like, I, I think a lot, like, there's a 60 on Lowry we mentioned. Like, that seems like a decent bet. Well, then you shouldn't bet Ricky. Even uh, you talked about it earlier. I'm not going to bet Keegan Bradley at 60 to one, but kind of profiles pretty well. 
I would agree with you on Keegan Bradley. Just to give you some numbers from FantasyNational.com that I'm looking at right now of guys in this range, the top two players over the past 24 rounds in the stats that I looked at, uh, you can go back to the research show from Saturday and Sunday to see what I punch into the model, or you can just become a member at FantasyNational.com. Slash mail for 20% off and just make your own and make it easy like that. But Keegan and Hoffman are one in two in the modeling. The next closest guy in this range is Grio. He's 11th. Tringali is 13th. And then you're looking at Matt Wallace, who is 18th. Troy Merritt, with three top 10s in his past four starts, uh, is 19th. And then Kevin Streelman is 21st. And then Gary Woodland, your boy, and Doug Gim, 22nd. So those would be the guys, like, if you're going to if you're going to look anything into like form or how they're playing or how they set up for this course, at least in the short term, those would be the guys from 50 to one and plus that you should be looking at. I didn't mention Lowry. He's actually in that mix too, but he's only 60 to one on DraftKings Sportsbook. He's like 40 to one everywhere else. But other than that, it's all the guys that you would expect to be up there. Spieth and Hovland and Xander and Connors and Louie and Bryson and JT and Rory. Like those are the only other names that are going into the mix. I kind of feel like it's a week and maybe we're dead wrong, but you know, I got a bit of money in the account right now. I'm just going to probably bet the five guys that I want to bet between 20 and 50 and call it a week. Yeah. Might be time. Might be time. Unless you're going to uh, go back to your boy. Any love for Munoz 125? Munoz gained 11 strokes putting last week, by the way. (laughs) He made some great par saves. Like, shouldn't he have lost a stroke? And then I go, uh, Shot tracking. Oh, he made that 18-footer. Good for you, man. Man, Munoz and Poulter. If you didn't have Munoz and Poulter top five and you had, like, Kazire or Hoffman, you must be fucking pissed this morning. Because as, as bad as your top 20 got chopped up, Poulter making 60 feet of putts in the final two holes and Munoz doing what he did on 17 and 18, you just must be like, fuck it. Like, th- there's no way that I... Like, you have to find a place where you can bet without dead heats because this is fucking me right now. But quick picks, or do you want to talk about someone else? Um, I mean, if you're gonna like, if I had to pick like a triple digit, I don't think anyone would want that from me anyway, or a single digit, or a whatever. Uh, Taylor Gooch just does like I always been playing well, like all year, seeing 150 to one. Like, I'm sure you can match that up with a placing. I'm also seeing it as low as 80 to one. So, you got to look around at these like bombs because it's crazy, the disparities. It's really funny with someone like Gooch because Gooch gets talked up. A, it's a lot. He kind of suffers from Travis outlaw syndrome where you just remember his name because his name is Taylor Gooch. And he, no, paid- he, you're right. He does seem like he is. I don't know whether we have an intercontinental champion. I don't know whether he's like the TV champion. Yeah, he's like the cruiserweight champion. TV. Yeah. He might be the cruiserweight. Cause like, he is a guy that's been very galvanized by the community for how successful he's been. And even as we've joked many times, like Faldo keeps putting him up. I don't know which like intern keeps giving Faldo Gooch for that little segment they do to like name a guy on, on the DF on DraftKings or whatever um, should be playing DraftKings if it isn't um, game. And like, I don't know. Yeah. Gooch. He's getting a lot of hype. Maybe there are guys that are playing just as well as him or close to that aren't getting that hype in a different perspective, sort of like how we had these conversations with Connors. Obviously, those are different levels of playing well, but 
I don't know. I'm noticing Gooch week in, week out, and you're probably right. The name Gooch helps. I, he feels like one half of a young tag team champions. I don't know who his partner is right now. But Harold Varner. Now, Varner, Varner's like the TV champion, if there ever was one. Like, you tune into, <laughs> you, you tune into like, either Thunder or WCW Saturday night, you're going to see Harold Varner defending the television championship. Guaranteed. Yeah, he's a work, he's a working, he's a working, yeah, he works a lot. He works a lot. And he like, you, you're going to see him show up and like on that Saturday, Saturday night on WCW, he's beating like Keith Clearwater and just getting a real smash, smash win here. Yeah. Uh, but Fair in terms enough. of Gooch, let me ask you, he's played 13 events in 2021. How many top tens do you think he has? Two. One. Oh, I knew I should have said one. Yeah, uh, makes now, sense. How he, many top 20s, though? He has one, two, three top 20s. Right, yeah, it's probably more perception than reality. No, he's re- <laughs> he's really good. And he's really good because he's always like $6,700 on DraftKings. But if we're going to bet a guy to win, it feels like... We talk about him so much, but we talk about him in a certain way and for a certain type of thing. And this is where, like, DraftKings, and I'm guilty of it as anyone is. Like, are we betting Vince Whaley to win this week? No. Maybe Vince Whaley's his partner, uh, who was the the single best $6,100 play of all time, and everyone played it, which is kind of hilarious. But Gooch has had some spikes in some really notable tournaments. So he was fifth at the players. He was 12th at the gen. I think that's what it is, that you notice Gooch, because in the two tournaments where he's played really well, have been tournaments that everyone has watched. That obviously helps, but I'm also watching the shitty tournaments, and, and uh, yeah, I guess. Um um I listen, I don't want to say that I don't like Gooch. I would prefer to bet Kyle Stanley down in that range. Would you not have thought that um Bezudin Hope would have a little more like hype at the moment? Not or is this course just really not a fit for him. I think it could be a fit for him. Like he's an excellent putter, he's great around the greens, he's pretty good with his irons. He cannot drive the ball for shit, but if he can keep it in the fairway, I think that he's live. I actually thought his number was like really not generous whatsoever at 80 to one. I guess it just played really well. Um, oh, did, did he play really well? Because what do you think that he came at the PGA championship, Jeffrey? I don't know. I guess he must've done something poorly in the three hours. They only showed two players down the stretch. What, what do you think that he finished at the PGA championship? Now that I'm guessing 33rd. I think I think you might actually have that dead on the number. Let's see. Wow. <laughs> the Zadenhout came at the PGA Championship in a tie for 30th. Okay, fair enough. And um, for the week, like he gained he did what he does. He gained a little bit on approach, a little bit around the green and gained 7.2 strokes putting and lost 3 off the tee. Like that's kind of his game. That can work at some places. I don't know if here is that place. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go just up a little. What place do you... Where does Louie finish this week? Sixth. If you, yeah. if you want to play the, 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 like, the safest parlay of all time, uh, take Finau, Louie, and Xander and their top 10 odds and parlay them together. <laughs> yeah. Um... I got nothing. That's Other good. than I want to say we don't we don't need to talk about these guys who aren't going to yeah. win. That that's perfect. I do want to say that um, 
the European Ryder golf team should hire Alex Cheka to be the vice captain because a couple of weeks ago he had Stricker, he beat Stricker and Stricker missed a four footer in a playoff. So Stricker's clearly shook. And yesterday they went out in a final group at a senior major and Stricker just um, like evaporated yesterday at the sight of Alex Chega. I, I can't figure this out because this is Alex Chega, who I was betting on the outlaw tour last year when yes, COVID was yes. going on, mind you. Yes. But like I saw that Weir was up there for a bit. I saw that Stricker was up there for a bit. I don't know how these guys don't watch any champions tour. Like I tuned in for a little bit, but these are all like the shortest hitting guys on the PGA tour. KJ now, too now, was up there. KJ was up there too. He was also a super short hitting guy at this point of his career. When they get to the senior tour, like is Mike Weir a bomber on the seniors tour? I'm not really sure how it how it works, Pat. Um, we're yeah, we're in like a four stroke. Like Weir was fire. He had a four stroke lead after the second round, but you know, weekend at a major, I guess. Got to him as it did many others, but yeah, credit to. Uh, to Cheka, we are uh, bold prediction. Bold prediction: the winner will be under fifty to one this week. Yeah, G- going out on a limb here. Do we get yeah. to take credit for it if it hits? No, no we, do, we, we don't. don't. We, Although, don't, we don't. If it's one of our guys, do we get to do it? I guess I don't know. Although, like the Woodlands and Lowry's and. Uh, well, maybe just wood- Woodland for me. I might be my only north of fifty bet. Okay, quick picks for the Memorial Tournament, which I think is presented by Nationwide, but I don't know if that's true or not. I think it's like one of like the Arnold Palmer by MasterCard. I think it's the Memorial by Nationwide. Anyway, quick picks for the Memorial for me. Won some money with Kokrak last week, so let's donate some of it back. I'm playing my five guys. I'm going to do it. Cantley at 22, Finau and Hideki at 30, Reed at 40, and Cam Smith at 50. And I'll play Kyle Stanley with an each way as a long shot once his number becomes available. I'm guessing it's at at worst 125, probably 150 or 175. Uh, and then I'll figure out if I just randomly put 10 bucks on Gim and Siwoo as well because I can't help myself, but that's where I am going. I got Van Tonder over on the European Tour and heck in the... U.S. Women's PG U.S. Open this week. Those are my bets this week. How about you, Jeff? Okay. Uh, PGA, uh, Mirfield Village. Tony Finau, 30 to 1. Patrick Reed, 35 to 1. Um, those are the bets I'm going to make literally as we as I sign off with you. And Gary Woodland, um, 66, 65. That's a bet. I can't see myself not making. I've bet too much Woodland, and I have a U.S. Open Woodland, like, triple a big future. So give me Woodland here. Ricky Fowler. I'm taking Ricky Fowler. Oh, are you, nope. Jeff? Nope. I didn't say it. Are you sure? I thought, I thought I heard you just say that. I'm getting heartburn thinking about it, though. <laughs> uh, for the ladies, I don't even know the odds. I missed this great bet. Uh, this morning, sadly, unfortunately, because now you all have like thousand to one. That's I don't know the each way on that's going to be amazing. Yeah, just just come forth for twenty five hundred bucks. That would be nice. Yeah, I don't know. There was a moment yesterday, Pat, where I was thinking I'm going to hit a, a Mav McNeely Me top twenty. Oh my god, that's going to pay like a point less than people's like eight to one speed outright, 
I, I was, I, I'm glad that you got there on like, oh, you're going to hit this top 20 that's going to pay this. I For like a brief moment, I was like, you know, if McNeely just has one of those rounds where he makes every single putt, like we've seen him do a couple times so far this year. Like, he could win this thing if Kokrak and Spieth keep playing like shit. And then he like, he was minus nine. Then I looked again. He was like minus five. I was like, oh, fuck. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I the train hard. I mean, um, my, I, I played those each-way doubles last week, and I'll release those again. I had a double-double. And if Mav had gotten inside the top five, it would have been a double-triple. Because I had Guido yeah. and Scrivener over in Europe, and I had Kokrak and Hoffman over here. And, like, the top fives, I think I was in for 54 bucks. Uh, so it's each way double. So it's on the outright for the double and the top five for the double on a 50 cent bet on each of them. I was in for 54 bucks, I believe, because fucking Poulter came and chopped up a bit of the U.S. each way. But that $54 bet still paid out like 450 bucks or something like that. Oh, that's pretty freaking good. Um, <clears throat> I'll give a ladies pick. I don't even know what the odds are. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to find it right now, though. Who is it? I can look it up while you say the name. I got it. Uh, geez, there's a lot of girls under 25 to 1, eh? Um, Brooke Henderson, 25 to 1. U.S. Open. You think that she's better than Patty Tav uh, and Akit? Jeez, I know this Patty. This Patty is like the fresh-faced kid. She's, you know, like these, like, like I don't know. She's might come along. I think she's supposed to be the next one that's going to win everything. But are, are you sure Brooke. you don't have her confused with Patty Tava in a kit seven? <laughs> That's not a real person, Jeff. Oh, um, no, it's pretty weird. Lydia Ko's done like a full speed also too. eh? she's just back, like just back and a top of a board at a major. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, yeah. Brooke Henderson, 25 to one. I'll bet that. And I'll follow some other maybe Sky or Axis picks because I like the majors and it'll get full. It'll get big time TV coverage. If you watch like it, it'll be on. They'll give the hours. They'll give the I, hours I, on the, on I, the ESPN I have this week. I have a serious question for you. Is the uh -oh. LPGA paying people to tweet about it? Have they approached you to tweet about it? Because they have they not approached approach me. No, they have they have approached you? No, they have not approached me, but I just see people randomly tweeting about the LPGA and I'm like, are these people really watching the LPGA or are they just tweeting about it? Okay, I will say this. All that I seem to realize is that the the no laying up crew is like obsessed with it. So oh, okay. they do all so, they so, so, so it's, and it's coming from them. And the bar stool got like Briggs and and those guys are really getting like behind did as well i know that's more of like a ladies collegiate thing but but no laying up like they try to make it oh am i gonna do this again should not i want to say something so bad if you say it i can always just beep it yeah but i don't think it's bad enough to be beeped but it's also just like and I'm very pro LPGA. I got no issues. I, I, I supported their, I got that hoodie that they put out for charity. Jeff, you're a hero. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> All right. One and done picks for the memorial. Uh, you had mentioned that Cuss is taking Matthew Fitzpatrick. I am actually going to burn 
Hideki. I haven't used Hideki, so I'll take Hideki here. Who are you going to take? It's a good question, Pat. I don't know. I don't want to use any of those really good players. It's a pretty big prize pool, and there's only 120 people. And I don't really know who I've even said. Yeah, I have the list in front of me. That's why I picked Have I used Patrick Reed? Uh, Yes, you used him at the Players' Championship. Did I use Finau? Yeah. Yeah, you used Finau at Genesis when he lost to Max Homa. Shucks, those are the only guys I know I'm betting. So now I'm just going to bet someone I'm not betting. Um, Give me Cantley. I used him, right? Uh, have you used Cantley? Yeah, I did. Players, probably. No, you used Reed at the players. I used Cantley at the players, and he earned me zero dollars. But yes, Cantley for you, sir. Yeah. Cantley, Fitz, and Hideki. So I like that I've talked myself into so Hideki. Bad. I am very prepared for him to be like plus 12 after two rounds. I am so bad at that game. Um, Hideki's g- going to be great. He's, dude, I don't know. I think he's amazing. The way, the way he's just playing, like, how well he played at the PGA, how well he played right after that time off. Um, I think 30 to one's a great number. I don't know if I'm smart enough to bet it though. Who did you use last week in the one and done? Do you remember? It was Justin Thomas, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm dumb. Uh, who'd you use at the PGA championship? Filling it in. Xander. Miss Z- the cut. Xander. At the major, the one time. Guy like top 10's 50% of majors he's ever played. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't. It's funny because you shouldn't have used Justin Thomas last week because you would already use Justin Thomas. So then maybe I didn't use Justin Thomas, but I think I did. Give me zero anyway. I don't, whatever. All right. I'll I'll give you the Justin Thomas money because he didn't he didn't perform so well. You've used him twice this year, and he has you less than three hundred thousand dollars. I can't even cheat and succeed. <laughs> this is true. All right. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. I'll be back. we got some football this week. got some more PGA this week. The research show is already out. I mentioned French Open every day up on the mix feed. You can find that in the description. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at gfeinberg17, me at the PME. And, Jeff, when is the Jeff Feinberg Show? Wednesdays at 10 p.m., Fridays at 2 p.m. On ftndaily.com. Uh, subscribe to fantasynational.com slash mayo for 20% off all of your golfing needs. Rate and review the podcast, smash the like, and play in the PME. DraftKings Listeners League link is in the description of this video and podcast. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal.